Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 89 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. If you have joined our happier hours or if you have been on our email list, you have noticed a little brand called Proposition. The owner, John Korkidis, is on today talking about his fantastic line of zero proof, that's right, that means no alcohol, adaptogenic cocktails. In this episode, John walks us through his relationship with alcohol. We talk about what are these adaptogens and why do we want them? What do they do for us? We also talk about redefining what feels good. This is a fantastic episode, so let's get into it. On the topic of redefining what feels good, why not see how fantastic you will feel with 30 days booze free? Head to a sobergirlsguide.com now to sign up for the 30 day to gain booze free challenge. Do you like better sleep? Do you want more money? Do you want to feel more relaxed, rested, more energy? This is just the tip of the iceberg. In 30 days or less, see what you have to gain by putting the bottle down. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com and sign up today. John Korkidis. I nailed it. I got it. (laughs) You got it perfectly. So I have been giving away your amazing adaptogenic, I don't want to say mocktail, cocktails. They're zero proof adaptogenic cocktails. And if you've shown up to the happier hours, you may be a lucky winner of Proposition, which is my favorite new um, alternative. And John, Thank you so much for being here to talk to us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, yeah, we're not necessarily saying mocktails because they're, we're not really mocking anything, you know? Um, yes. So it still has a lot of the flavor profiles, um, mature, kind of more craft cocktail-y vibes, um, obviously without the booze. And so I like to call them zero-proof cocktails instead, trying to reclaim that word. Yeah, and I feel like Proposition is in a league of its own, don't you think? 
Um, I personally would like to think so. You know, we're <laughs> obviously, um, it's a new category and there's a lot mm -hmm. of um, people opening up the space in the sense of um, adult beverages that are meant to kind of enhance a vibe or help you chill out type um, aspects to the drinks without yeah. obviously any of the um, alcohol components or dependency from like things that might be, um, I guess, dependent, you know, like mm -hmm. substances. Yeah, and addictive. Um, I want, before we get into your fabulous product, I want to talk about you. I want to talk about um, how this came to be and what your background is. Yeah. Um, well, I think I have a pretty non-traditional background. Mm -hmm. I like to think that I am a um, jack of all trades and sort of master of one to some extent. Um, Love it. I go really deep into, I feel like I'm a, a creative person at heart, mm -hmm. um, even though I have a little bit of an analytic um, slant to me. So I guess the long story short is I um, personally, as a professional, started off um, as a designer. Mm. And um, something I don't know if a lot of people know is I actually lived in, in Beijing, China for most of my 20s. Oh, no so way. So I was, yeah, I was living cool. there from 2007 to 2014, pretty much. Um, traveling what was back that and forth like? a little bit. It was an exciting time there. It was pre-Olympics. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of development, um, a lot of opening up of the country on the national stage. And... Um, yeah, it was just really interesting to some of my best friends in the world there. Um, I try not to like hype it up too much, but in my mind and how I explain it, it was kind of like a Paris in the 20s type thing. It was like Ooh. hard to explain. Um, interesting. You, I would never mm, think that. I know. There's a really um, amazing group of you know intelligent creatives from all over the world. Um, mm. The locals are fantastic. Again, like kind of a emerging, um, emerging on the national scene. So a lot of like national pride. Um, you know, maybe for like first time in a long time. And, you know, just like everyone everywhere, we're all people, you know, um, and we have very similar needs and experiences to some extent. Um, and so for me, it was just really eye-opening to be able to be exposed to that culture, a lot of my favorite food, some of the best people. And actually, that's where I was really exposed to um, the art of mixology and the idea of a really... Um, I guess, curated experience. So there's a lot of Japanese okay. like sort of whiskey bars or a lot of this vibe of um, service. So, you know, hand carved ice or really curated and thoughtfully produced um, experiences. A lot mm -hmm. of time having to do with food and drink. Some of my friends were opening up some of the first um, sort of like experiential, or I guess experiential isn't the right word, but I guess more of these craft um, F&B locations. Mm -hmm. And so I got... A really close exposure to that and then when I came back to the States um, I two things one um, when I landed in San Francisco um, I was pretty shocked at the legal cannabis scene oh. and okay. um, I realized that you know the planets and something I'd always been using but arguably I'd been abusing it and hadn't known much about it oh. um, and then as well as when I came back, I wasn't used to paying like 14 or $16 for like a cocktail that wasn't really well made. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so I think that both of those things really um, fed in and impacted the development of proposition. Mm. Um, one being that, you know, we do have a hemp extract um, component to the beverage. And it's interesting, you know, especially when we talk about sobriety and we talk about um, substances, 
again, like I mentioned, I cannabis has kind of been a constant of mine, but mm-hmm. arguably I've been abusing the plant, meaning consuming a lot of THC or psychoactive components of the plant, maybe right. too frequently, um, and not really understanding why I'm using it as more of a coping mechanism than mm-hmm. I am as sort of a, a superfood or an ingredient. Um, and so there really is no difference between the hemp and cannabis plant. Hemp okay. is just an industrial term for a cannabis plant um, that has very low levels of THC. Okay. And therefore, um, it is not intoxicating technically. Okay. Um, so when you say technically, the, well, everybody's <laughs> body is a little bit different. Okay. And so we're all hard, hardwired a little bit differently. Right. So if you think about our central nervous system and how maybe even if like, um, you know, physicality differences in, in men and women, for example, mm-hmm. um, over time, women have become a little bit more, um, I guess, they have higher thresholds to pain due to things like childbirth and other things. Whereas I stub my toe and I'm basically crying in the corner for like 10 minutes, you know? It's and so, so true. <laughs> um, and so I think that, you know, that strength that women have inherently and over time um, evolved to have, mm-hmm. you know, we lack a bit. And so it's the same thing with the way our endocannabinoid system works. It's actually the third largest system within our body, um, but we don't really know a lot about and um, mm-hmm. medical students aren't really studying it. So there's, this huge universe within our body is that we naturally produce cannabinoids um, and we just don't know a lot about how it regulates function within our bodies. And so one of my missions and something that's really been exciting to me is to explore the non-intoxicating, non-substance um, side of the plant. Mm. Um, I personally think that it's a superfood outside of being a civil rights issue and also a health crisis that's not available mm-hmm. for people. I personally think the, you know, for example, the raw, a raw leaf of either a hemp plant or a cannabis plant mm-hmm. um, will never get you high. And there's more readily available nutrients in that leaf than mm-hmm. there are in a leaf of kale, for example. Oh. And okay. so the thing is, it's just been prohibited for such a long time and therefore right. not studied. So it's been bucketed in this group of, um, I guess, you know, classified compounds. And there is definitely still an evolution that needs to happen. So when I say technically, you know, it's hard because there's not a lot of scientific evidence as well because the studies haven't been around. Um, It's a lot more anecdotal today. Um, All that to be said is that there is a lot of benefit from the different plants in our lives. And depending on how we use those plants, you know, it could either be something that is a little bit more destructive or um, something that could be potentially more constructive to some Mm -hmm. extent. And so for me, I think that I sit in a place where um, I never really try to alienate or villainize something. Mm-hmm. It's more about what is this and how are we using it properly within our own bodies or regulating ourselves and you know, making sure it's not something that we use for coping or those type right. of mechanisms, but rather, again, like a superfood ingredient. Right, absolutely. I mean, and anything can be used and abused, right? Like anything in our lives, you know, it's all how we our intention behind it or how we perceive it i mean people are addicted to their phones addicted to sugar sugar is a huge one sugar is a huge really do a toll on your body caffeine as well it's probably it's arguably the most socially accepted drug out there yes um and you know we don't really ever stop and think about it Mm -mm. and a lot of um recovery you know you often find people just chain smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee Yes. And both of those things are, you know, not as helpful or healthy um, as maybe some of the things that you're trying to avoid as well. But I do believe that everyone has their own ways of um, 
kind of growing and learning in the in the systems that we have in place, especially the support system. Sometimes they, you know, things again are more socially acceptable. Ultimately, right. with um, I never try to think about anything as good or bad inherently. Me too. I truly, you know, people, um, substances, foods, even for that matter, like sh- sugar gets a bad rap, but it's in fruit, you know, and it's naturally right. occurring. And our bodies do process it and need it to some extent, but it's the types of sugars that we're using. Are they refined? How much are we consuming? You know? Right. And I think that's really the, the areas I like to explore. And so even with our products, for example, um, whether or not they weren't designed for, um, I actually don't specifically think of them as some, a product that is meant for someone, especially in the early stages of like recovery from drinking or, or alcoholism, for example. Okay. Um, because one of those things that potentially could be relatively triggering experiencing a product that might be similar to it. So it's definitely oh, okay. something that I like to you know, encourage people to explore more as like a better for you alternative right. versus um, something that is meant to either like wean you off of something or something that you should go to as a replacement, especially in the early stages. Ultimately, it's a lot about personal development and where you are. But the real thing is is whether or not you're sober or sober curious, um, our products are good for you because they're clean, they're all natural, and they're something that are basically like really nutrient rich. So Mm. being able to put like good things in our bodies, um, things that are more feel-good plants, even if that's um, stuff that we know and love, like just simple, like really fresh citrus, you know, Mm -hmm. those essential oils in there are really invigorating Um, or things like turmeric and ginger, which are very antioxidant and have anti-inflammatory properties. So it's a lot more about the idea that we're putting clean products into our bodies that help, you know, kind of regulate function a bit Mm -hmm. um, instead of things that maybe depress our systems or um, kind of have a little bit more of a negative impact in the way that our bodies function. Right. Absolutely. I want to ask you, um, when you, when we first started, you said that you were abusing cannabis. What did that look like? Well, I think that arguably, um, it could look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. For me personally, when I was younger, it Mm -hmm. was being with a friend group and we're all like smoking blunts and Mm -hmm. just like passing them back and forth. And it's kind of a nonstop situation where it's not the same as if you were to have a tincture or Mm -hmm. to have a little bit of some um, cannabinoids or different compounds in your body to maybe help um, regulate mood a little bit. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's a little bit one of those things where um, like binge drinking, you know, it's it's probably too much and too quick of a time and Mm -hmm. you're shocking your system and it's sort of an unnecessary thing. And so I think that happens for a lot of people, you know, just based on like the way the culture, especially the culture of consuming cannabis, when you combust it, particularly like smoke it. Um, So when I say that I was abusing it, what I really mean is that I didn't know much about the plant and how it interacted with my body. And Mm. therefore I wasn't really consuming it in a way that was healthy or helpful for my body. Um, It was just kind of shocking and overloading it with compounds, particularly high levels of THC. So as I started to learn more about the plant, realizing that there's non-intoxicating or non-psychoactive components of the plant, mm-hmm. i.e. the raw format of the plant, like I mentioned earlier, being mm-hmm. very nutrient-rich, or whether it's like the essential oils of the plant mm-hmm. that have um, a lot of therapeutic values on their own to other compounds like um, CBD yeah. or um, CBN. And so 
we're not really fully there yet with all of the science exactly how it works within our bodies again because it's been prohibited for so long and not fully regulated but i tend to embrace some of these um less intoxicating or not intoxicating and um i guess less physiological mm. compounds so like something like a, a cbd for example um that's found in both the cannabis plant or it's found in the hemp plant mm. um and with our products, we actually use a hemp extract that's nutrient-rich but CBD-dominant as an okay. um, ingredient in our beverages that add to the, I guess, the more chill-out component of the beverage. Mm. Um, you're not getting high. You're not getting intoxicated. It's not something that's a dependent product, mm -hmm. but it does have um, some anecdotal relaxation effects as well as true um, benefits that work within our bodies in terms of um, helping to regulate function. So that's whether it's like coping with stressors. Mm. Um, and that's not saying that you're going to alleviate or remove stressors, but when they occur, you're okay. less respondent to it. And it happens in ways that you're simply um, even opening up capillaries and letting more blood flow so you feel a little bit more flexible and nimble right. in ways like that. So it's just kind of improving um, the way our bodies function with the compound versus it is like, let's sedate or depress the system. Right, 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 right. And I think it's just so funny how just like the stigma around like hemp or cannabis, uh, when, when people are like, oh, you're just going to like feel good. I think people automatically are like, oh my God, what does feeling good mean? Like, am I going to be intoxicated? Am I going to be high? Am I going to be out of control? It's like. Our, the definition for feeling good is just so out of whack right now. And I feel like, like I've, I've definitely um, used a little CBD oil and how I like a tincture or yeah, it's a tincture, right? Like the little oil mm -hmm. and you like put it in your tongue. Um, how I can describe it is like, it's like a, just a really nice deep breath. And I feel like just weight has been has been lifted. I don't feel any different. It's not a different Jessica. I'm not like flighty or like weird or loose or out of control. It's literally just like a really nice, solid, deep breath and like a lovely exhale, if that makes sense. <laughs> it totally makes sense. And I think that what's really fascinating is like two things are fascinating. One, breathing in general is really amazing and i think that's a lot of times when people are smoking cannabis they're not recognizing it but they're actually inhaling a lot of oxygen and mm. a lot of times like holding in deep breaths and so right. um, um in terms of like meditation and, and yoga and you know when we get into the place of like breath work that mm. can be really powerful in terms of uh, mindset and mood right. um and of course you know the idea of having a lot of oxygen in our bloodstream um is going to make us feel good but it is truly the idea that, you know, we, we forget to, to sometimes take deep breaths and to just be reflective and pause. Um, and when we talk about hemp and CBD, it's very similar um, in the sense that our body naturally produces these compounds. Um, right. And in like breast milk, for example, for babies, there's like actually naturally occurring um, cannabinoids, particularly like CBD. It's oh, no very way. like trace amounts and it's very low level and there's still a lot of science there. Right. But um, this is a naturally occurring system with our bodies and we naturally produce and regulate these compounds. So when we have a little bit or if we're adding them to our system in a kind of a responsible way, 
um, what we're doing is we're helping just add to the regimen of the naturally occurring or helping our bodies again regulate. So I think of hemp and I think of um, other things like the other adaptogenic plants, um, like, and I call them feel good plants, are essentially these compounds that work within our bodies naturally to help regulate function. So right. it's not necessarily like they don't exist, right? They already exist within our systems. We're just adding a little bit to it, or it's sort of a phytonutrient rich um, or a antioxidant or anti-inflammatory rich um, compounds. So when we eat fresh okay. fruit, for example, or other things, we're just basically putting nutrients into our body that then allow our bodies to process and feel good. Same thing when we're taking a deep breath. We're taking in a lot of oxygen and we're allowing our bodies to kind of process that and feel mm -hmm. good. And so, yeah, to your point with feel good, it can also be something that's a little scary. Like, what does that mean? Am I going to be <laughs> a little loopy? Um, and I think that's where we've confused the idea of particularly when we talk about drinking, um, yeah. this idea of like going out with friends and binge drinking to feel good mm. versus the idea of just simply like being around good company and like yeah. eating well or taking a walk together and you can feel good, you know, from right. different components without losing yourself or being in a place where you're, like you said, you're no longer like Jessica per se or like yeah. sober Jessica. Yeah. And, um, all of us in our own lives to varying degrees have different ways that we um, struggle to some extent, particularly like with substances, but also just like mood, right? You know, right. if you think about if we ever get upset or angry or if we're, you know, even on the, on the happy end of things, it's why are these things triggering these emotions? And what I like to do is think about who I'm with when I have certain experiences and, and what am I doing? And what did I do that day? Did I sleep well the night before? Had I been eating well? Yeah. Um, all of these things have a huge impact in what kind of feeling good means to some extent. Yeah. And definitely the energy of the people around you. Yeah, certainly. Like, you know, those people that you kind of are drinking buddies, but when the drinks are gone, are they really your buddies? Like, do you even really know them? Do you enjoy their company? Like, do you drink just because you kind of have to? That's what you guys have in common. Uh, that was a huge wake-up call for me, for sure, when I stopped drinking. I'm like, oh, we actually have zero to talk about besides, like, gossip. <laughs> and I don't particularly like being around you when I'm not wasted. Cool. <laughs> I guess we're, we're done here. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting because I think that the different social settings you put yourself in, at times, you, you kind of um, chameleon. You can chameleon mm. a bit. You know, yeah. and um, I think that's where peer pressure comes in because sure. even if you're meeting a friend for lunch, you know, if that person's um, pouring a glass of wine, you're mm -hmm. a little bit more inclined to also join them. You right. don't want them to feel left out. And then you too are like, well, am I missing out here? Mm -hmm. um, but it might be like midday and you've got work to do or something mm -hmm. to that nature. So I think that um, that's also a big piece of the journey that people go on is discovering is like, who might be healthy people to put myself around? Are these mm -hmm. people truly um you know my friends and have my best interests at heart or are we just kind of enabling each other to some extent right um, and i think oftentimes um you'll find that some of the people that you are only having those types of experience with you, you know you 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 don't always want to be honest with yourself about what this relationship is or what it truly means to you and right. it's not until you kind of stop for a moment you're like actually it's not constructive or maybe this isn't the healthiest relationship to be around right. um yeah, I think I a think lot of people are afraid to like call that out because I mean, 
what I've experienced in the most common denominator is people are afraid to be lonely. They'd kind of rather half ass it with people that they feel somewhat of a connection with or have like half of a thing in common with than, than be alone or lonely. But I don't think being alone is, is particularly lonely or has to be lonely all the time. Yeah. I mean, everybody in quarantine right now is kind of experiencing that for themselves where like, mm. you know, those that are with um, significant others or, or kids, it's a little bit different, but those of us yeah. that are like kind of just by ourselves, we're spending a lot of time with ourselves and we're kind of getting closer to ourselves than ever before. Yeah. Um, and I think going back to what you said earlier, it's like a little bit about your identity too. Mm. Um, so you might associate your identity with certain behavior, certain people. And then when you have to be a little bit more introspective and now when we're forced to spend more time with ourselves, kind of really put a mirror to what your identity is and you have the ability to shape that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that this has been a really tragic time um, and it's, it's extremely sad to me, but it's also been a time where there are some silver linings no matter what, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's what we have to do is always look for the positives. So yeah. it's been a really strong time for growth and reflection for me personally. Um, and, I, and I think for a lot of people, but yeah, to your point, you know, being alone doesn't necessarily mean being lonely all the time. Um, and being able to carve that time, that space for yourself to hear your own voice is really, really important. And a lot of times we don't do that because, you know, the day-to-day -day fast pace, then we go out with friends in the evening, and then we feel these social pressures, mm -hmm. um, which aren't always the healthiest. Mm -hmm. And so... Now with the closure of a lot of social activities, nightlife and things like that, we're doing things at home more. You know, we're cooking and we're, you know, like sourdough bread is like the number one Google <laughs> search trend out there and things like that. So yep. I think that um, we're getting to this place where we don't have the, at least social constructs that are forcing us to be out there and doing unhealthy things. We can actually spend the time to do the work that we need to on ourselves. Yeah. Well said. What have you learned about yourself during this? I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Hmm. I don't know. I feel bad for like any significant other that I've ever had because I'm like, how did you spend so much time with me? Because I'm getting like really bored with myself. And, oh my god! I love um, I'm like, ah, oh, you're like not the fun. No, um, no. On a serious note, I think that um, I've learned that I'm a little bit more resilient than I've always thought I was. Mm. Um, and I and I really try to tap into that. Um, being a solo founder of a company. Mm-hmm while also trying to you know digest what's going on in the world and be someone's there for my friends and my community um it's all been a bit of a challenge to juggle but i i think a lot of people you know it's easy to kind of say oh well you know that was hard so let me just stop now or Mm -hmm. there's a lot of excuses right um and i've kind of feel like personally I wanted to rise to the occasion. I wanted to be there for friends and family and be a strong support system for myself. Um, there's a million and one reasons why, you know, starting this business or having a company is, um, it's not easy, but it, there's a lot of reasons why you can just quit or just stop or, you know, be like, oh, this was a challenging time for everyone. Yeah. So it's my excuse now. Um, in fact, I've kind of used it as um, a fire under my butt a bit to really get my stuff together and to realize that now more than ever, you know, we can help people and provide better alternatives. And so I feel like it's a mission of mine to really be able to ensure that this thing grows and that more people know about it and that it's an option for people. Um, I myself am not um, a, a sober person. I consider mm-hmm. myself a little bit more Cali sober, okay. which is this idea yeah. of, you know, I, I consume cannabis. Um, drinking for me is something that I still do, but mm-hmm. it's a lot less. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of more of this idea of like low or no ABV. Okay. Um, and that's why the products kind of came to existence. It's this idea of having zero proof products that um, kind of can give you the same look and feel without the, the negative side of things. Yeah. And so it's just a little bit more about being functional too. I'm very much um, a pretty busy person. I'm always like in the meetings or I need to be operating at a high level in the morning. Um, and so I don't have the luxury of being hungover ever. Yeah. And if I do, um, especially now in my early 30s, like it doesn't feel good at all. No. Um, and it takes a long time to recover. And I think that um, those are the warning signs that our bodies tell us. It's like our bodies tell us things. And I haven't always mm-hmm. done a great job of listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for me, I'm definitely a sober, curious individual who sees the benefit of this and tries to... Um, just think about my relationship with stuff. You know, even for example, I try to go a couple of days without drinking coffee all the time because sometimes when I'm consistent with it, I feel like I can't function without it or I'm not like as alert or yeah. ready for the day, you know? And I want to be able to personally um, stand on my own two feet without things and to yeah. feel good knowing that the fuel that I'm putting in my body is actually something that is helping me Mm-hmm. versus you know um maybe 
doing things to a system to kind of fool or trick me into believing that this is giving me energy or this is what's giving me clarity and things like that. Right, right, right. Um, it's funny you say that because I, I think... When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. It's been over three years now uh, where I, I stopped drinking caffeine like in, in every form, every shape and form, because I just noticed as soon as I would have even a slight bit of caffeine, I would just be thrown into an anxiety attack. Like it was so bad. And I loved like strong coffee, um, like Stumptown, like just really, really great coffee that was really high in caffeine. And I would just every morning I would be just like, my heart would be racing. and I'd be like so anxious and jittery. I'm like, what? Why, why is this happening? What are, like, I've just had two cups of coffee. That's all I've had all day. Like, okay, that, that is the main culprit of why you're just throwing yourself into an anxiety attack. Um, but I feel so much better with not like relying or depending on, on caffeine. Even like waking up and like I was going for a run the other morning and I'm like, because I drink decaf still. Um, cause I just like the ritual and I like the smell of coffee and you get all the good stuff, but none of the anxiety or, <laughs> or jitteriness. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was sitting in my car at like seven 30 and I'm like, huh, I don't need to have like a coffee in the morning to get this party started. Like I can literally wake up. I had a glass of water and I was out the door. I didn't have to wait to like, heat up the water and do my French press and all that stuff it was actually a choice that I could like come back and and then sit and have that time with my my decaf and I'm like oh that's kind of cool like I don't need coffee to wake up I'm like oh, yeah did you feel more energy over time yeah I mean it was just it was just different like I didn't even think about it um I stopped even thinking that I needed energy from coffee. I just, and also not drinking. I wasn't like hungover or, you know, like things were put into place so I wouldn't be drained in the morning. 
if that makes sense. Like I, you know, stop totally using my sense. phone at a, at, a, at a certain time. I make sure that I'm in bed at 11 because, you know, I could stay up till I, I'm a night owl. I, I like to, I like the night. Um, I'm the same. Yeah. But just having those little, those little tiny things, those little systems in place. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I don't need energy in the morning because I naturally have it because I have this system in place. Um, and that, that's just been my life. Like that has just taken over. It's been an easy kind of overhaul of habits, if you will. And I, I don't miss it because I, I have decaf. I, but I, I like it in a different way. I, um, I think of coffee in a, in a different sense now. Um, I just like the ritual and just all the things that come with it. And now like Stumptown makes a great decaf, which is unbelievable. Um, and there's another, actually, I think you would be really inter- interested in this uh, product. Have you heard of Dandy Blend? Ooh, no. It's, it's, uh, it's made of dandelion root. And it's, it has such a like, powerful adaptogen, by the way. Yes. Dandelion root. And it is delicious it has that um chicory kind of smoky feeling to it it is yeah so so good and you just need uh like a little maybe like a tablespoon of it and then add it into hot water it takes no time to make which is fabulous i love that i don't like waiting especially in the morning um but it is so delicious and it is naturally a little on the sweeter side um, so don't need to really add any, sh- any sugars or sweeteners or whatever. Um, but it is delicious. I was shocked on how good it was. I think you would really, really like it. I'm, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Um, yeah. I do make a lot of like tinctures and sort of different bitters. So like things mm-hmm. that help with like digestion or using just like different roots and herbs. And, mm-hmm. um, there's a few things that you said, I think are really great. So I actually do play around with dandelion root sometimes. Um, okay. and I think it's a, a really fun one. Um, there's a lot of fantastic properties to it. You said, like you said, mm-hmm. um, and what I just wanted to touch on was like a couple of things. Like, so the idea of your mind playing tricks on you, you said that before. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's true in so many different senses. Like when we are, and it, but, you know, it doesn't need to be anything is like super serious, but it's something that's like even coffee when we're like feeling dependent on coffee or yeah. someone like myself who pretty much operates by drinking a glass of coffee in the morning. Um, which is why I challenge myself not to sometimes is that um, our mind is playing a trick on us that we need it to be energetic or to function or to start the day. Mm -hmm. But then when we are, again, not just that one thing, but balancing out with other actions, like you said, making sure you're in bed at a certain time, like screens are off, lights are off, you know, doing the things so that not just one action, but multiple actions that can then help you feel energized and, and energetic the next morning. Um, over time you don't really, and it's not that long of a time, but you realize that you don't need it or you're still waking up. And then what's beautiful is that all of a sudden you have all this time that you can clean for yourself. And that is the most invaluable thing. So if we think about whether it's making coffee in that ritual Mm -hmm. or whether it is like drinking and the time that's required to do that and the money required to, or the, the time to, to, um, to even be hung over and process the toxins in your body and all that. It's such a time crush, right? And so, um, but, you know, rituals are important. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's like kind of 
a balance there where if you could take your dandelion root in the morning and have a little bit of a ritual to yourself and be thinking and kind of going through those actions, mm-hmm. those can be beneficial as well. So that's why I think it's really interesting, especially as um, I explore the path of like, you know, what sobriety means to me or mm-hmm. what, you know, just like living healthily actually means to me. Um, rituals are really, really important. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, convenience is obviously important for our generation, particularly. We want everything to be super convenient. Yes. I don't know if it was like Lunchables growing up or what it was, but, <laughs> so, you know, we just want things to be like. We've never been the ready. same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but there, these things all play into each other. And so we can actually trick our own minds by creating some fun rituals for ourselves. Like, you know, like the dandelion root coffee or mm-hmm. I love chagas and cordyceps um, and reishi and yes. some of these other things. So for the audience listening out there too, I think we've used the word adaptogen a few times. Yep. And it's one of those things, there's a lot of mystique around it, right? Mm-hmm. It means a lot of different things to a lot of people. Ultimately though, adaptogens are things that have existed in a long time. You know, think about like traditional Chinese medicine or it's right. just, um, when we say adaptogens, it really just means that it's a plant or a compound that works within our bodies to mm-hmm. help us um, adapt or help your bodies adapt and then regulate certain functions. So that could be a million things um, across the board. So it is like a high level thought and it's also, um, you know, can be abstract, but the way I think that we're using it and the way that I use it is specifically the idea of their um, plant-based mm-hmm. compounds that we consume that don't necessarily, when I say psycho- uh, psychological effects, m- meaning um, interfere with like receptors in our brains or mm-hmm. trigger like intoxicating or motor function reducing things so there's no slurred speech or you know there's no inability to like operate a vehicle but there are things that again like we mentioned just even breathing feels really good right if we do it in a mindful way um same thing goes for you know when we eat fruit believe it or not like a mango for example it's like almost like you know like it can be like a really um, almost like orgasmic experience to some extent. You know, you've got like flavor profile and there's all these essential oils and um, it's things that we're like kind of ingesting and we don't realize it, but these compounds that work within our bodies to make us feel good. Um, and so I think that's what's exciting. And as we start to um, move away from our society that's been typically used to substances to a place that we're getting closer to um, more holistic healing, you know, how do we, we, even right now, you know, we're talking about things um, where, you know, we're waiting for a cure or we're talking about this, but really what it comes down to is like our immune systems and right. how are they conditioned? And, you know, over generations by having a lot of fast food or not eating properly, you know, our immune systems aren't set up in the same way as mm-hmm. if we were living like on a farm with our grandparents back in the day and just only eating clean food to some extent. Right. Our supply chain is now pretty pesticide ridden. Um, there's a lot of problems with it, but you know, it is this idea of what are we putting in our bodies? How is it making us feel? And um, you know, going back to the idea of what's socially acceptable or not, you know, because mm-hmm. one thing is not a drug or classified, uh, at least on a federal level, mm-hmm. i.e., coffee, and then mm-hmm. other things are. Um, so again, I think that there's no wrong or right or no necessarily bad thing, even with alcohol. We need alcohol in our hand sanitizers to keep them sterile, right? Right. So it's not like alcohol is the, the devil, but right. it is certainly um, not great for our bodies to consume. 
And it's yeah. definitely not great for us. You know, I have a history in my family of like um, dependency and alcoholism. And so mm -hmm. there's like, it's really important for me to understand that history and recognize like why I might be doing something mm -hmm. and, and what are my options or my alternatives to maybe, again, build similar rituals or feel social um, without kind of missing out, but do the right things for, for me and my specific body. Right. Absolutely. When, when you are looking at a ritual for yourself, what I always look at like the, the five senses to kind of build out a ritual. Do you do that as well? Like, do you kind of, maybe you, maybe you do it like, like subconsciously, but I always kind of find things that are, that are hitting all my five senses. And I wanted to talk about proposition, the bottles, because visually I know I am a very visual person and the, the packaging of proposition is what really stood out to me. How did you, what made you go that route with the bottles? Yeah. So, um, I think I do the senses thing a little bit more subconsciously to tell you mm -hmm. the truth. Um, but it's certainly there. So, um, like I mentioned, you know, I want to reclaim things. So yeah. the word cocktail, for example, um, I think inherently, first of all, the root of the word is not actually in history. Mm -hmm. Like people aren't exactly certain of where this term came from. But then okay. if we look at even like, um, let's say like Welch's grape or like a, a grapefruit cocktail, like, you know, fruit cocktail, right. it's more of like this idea of a blend than anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and so what I wanted to do is, you know, not just be like a drink, for example, like let's think about any of the dairy alternatives mm -hmm. like oat milk mm -hmm. it wouldn't be as much fun as you called it oat drink yeah. right and if you put it in Ew. your cereal you're gonna be like yeah. i'm gonna put this oat drink in my you're not gonna really <laughs> have the same mental experience as you might with the, the idea of like oh this is an oat milk right yes yes um and this so oat what juice. I want, yeah exactly <laughs> and so with our beverages what i wanted to do was um have a relatively like you know an experience again reclaim mm -hmm. things so um we call them cocktails zero mm -hmm. proof cocktails and then we're in a glass flask mm -hmm. because um we are wanting to signify that we are a adult beverage mm -hmm. now um you know it's like not marketed to like teenagers it's anyone that's 18 and over right. arguably anybody could drink the beverage but it is meant to be something that is like throwing back or larking back to um a bit of a vintage era, you know, mm -hmm. when we used to have like a hip flask in our pocket or we we're taking nips of, of tinctures or, or bitters and shrubs and things like that. Yeah. And so that's kind of where um, the whole experience comes from. It's like the look and feel in your hand as well as like either serving it over ice or enjoying it. And then there's even like the component of maybe garnishing it or having some mm -hmm. kind of experience similar to that where we're getting the, the scent, the sight, the taste, the feel and building this ritual. Um, we're not really feeling like we're missing out. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that one of the places that I'm very conscious of and something that there's still is a lot of like more studies to be done on this, but I personally am very cautious with this is that I recognize that because of those things I just mentioned, the look, the feel, the sense, like if you do garnish over glass, it basically looks and feels, uh, looks and tastes like you're drinking a cocktail without right. the feeling of alcohol. Right. And that itself potentially especially someone that's new to their sobriety or yes. depending on where you're consuming these products could be something that is um, triggering mm -hmm. 
And there's not a lot of scientific evidence there. It's mm -hmm. stuff that I want to explore with case studies in the future. But I purposely and responsibly try to not market these products for those that are just on their route for um, sobriety or who have dependency or real um, issues that they're still unraveling with alcohol. Right. Because I think that because of all the things we mentioned earlier, we right. are kind of creating a ritual that's similar and it could be something that's triggering. Um, okay. That being said, you know, depending on where you are with your stage and what, where you're at, um, yeah. these could be a great option or alternative. But really where I'm trying to do is actually encourage the 21 out of 25 drinkers who want mm -hmm. to drink less to explore a product that right. might get them to a path of maybe being more sober curious or realizing that, they don't need to have maybe a third or fourth drink while they're out. Mm. You know, no one ever really does need that third or fourth drink when they're out. And right. I think it's just socially one of those things that, that people kind of lean to. And right. so for, um, you know, I kind of think of my products as geared a little bit more towards the sober curious. Okay. Um, but they're definitely a really strong option. I just want to kind of explore that and be careful, especially on the marketing side of what we do yeah. of um, not going too deep because I often do recognize that especially communities that, um, and, and especially early sobriety that these are vulnerable groups at mm -hmm. times, you know? And so just being responsible with that. Um, so there's a balance to some extent that mm -hmm. we try to strive. Yeah. I mean, I always encourage people to check where their intentions are. Right. And even with like the non-alcoholic beers or non-alcoholic wines or even like kombuchas that are fermented and have, 0.5% alcohol um, is to check your intention. Um, like they're not going to get you inebriated. That's just physically impossible. Um, you would actually get sick and you would get water poisoning before you get drunk. Um, but it's your, it's your intention behind, right? It's your intention. Like, why are you drinking this? Why are you like, is this going to trigger you to drink a, an actual beer or an actual glass of wine, or is it going to, you know, to go down that path? Um, I think before, before you trust it out, check those intentions for sure. I love that. And I think that's really important and something I'm definitely going to take to heart because mm -hmm. um, that is exactly it. It's the intention behind it. You know, why are you, why would someone specifically be looking to embrace, um, you know, any type of thing, like, again, even sugars or coffees mm -hmm. or anything that's a substitute, right? Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, um, even nicotine, you know, people kind of rely on these things. And so are you just replacing, you know, one compound that sounds like good for you or that you might have a problem with, with another? And then when you right. are doing things like, you know, these alternatives, what is your intent there? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that's, that's really important and something that we should all kind of reflect on every time, you know, even if we're just like going for fast food, it's like, why are we doing this? You know, yeah. like why, what's the intention here? Is it oh, comfort, totally. you know, like yeah. what is it that we're, we're sort of seeking to some extent or what is this behavior even sometimes if it's more yeah. negative behavior? Um, so I, I love that. And I think that's something I definitely want to reflect more on um, and incorporate a little bit in the messaging. Yeah. I think I definitely overeat. <laughs> and knowing that my intention is to just be lazy <laughs> an excuse to be like oh i'm so full i can't do anything oh, okay bye like i could just check out right now <laughs> well but food's we all... also extremely comforting yeah right yeah we all have these these little these feelings and needs and and comforts and 
habits that we don't even, some are not even aware of until we question them. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. Um, where can we find your lovely products? Um, well, we actually sell direct to consumer online on our website, okay. propositioncocktail.co. Mm -hmm. And then we are mostly distributed in Northern California at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to be actively making a push this year. Um, we, before everything happened, we're actually um, working on a partnership with uh, a few hotels, one of them being Ace Hotel. So oh, we were supposed to be cool. an option in their mini bar, which yeah. I was really excited about because I think that, you know, sober curious and sober individuals, they don't always have options for that. No. And then, you know, you check into a hotel room and it's like, here is like a giant basket of alcohol in your mm. face, you know? It's yeah. sort of unfair to some extent. Yeah. Um, and so I was really excited about the option of people having the option of having mm. something clean, all natural, low calorie, um, available to them as an option. Yeah. I think that it needs to be more options. A lot of times I like to um, go to, you know, um, someone that is making drinks or, you know, um, at a restaurant, I'll just be like, what non-alcoholic options do you have? Mm -hmm. And depending on the level of the establishment, you know, they'll be like, we got Coke, Sprite, Red Bull, you know, like, <laughs> um, and yeah. then some places they'll be like, oh, we have like this, you know, tea that is infused with blah, blah, blah. And like, it's yeah. someone's thought about it. Um, so, so curated. What my goal is, yeah, so I'd be curious. So my goal is over the course of the next year to really make sure that these offerings are available in more places. Yeah. Um, the easiest way for us to do that is online, direct to consumer, because yeah. um, it's a channel that we can control. But then also just making sure that when people are like in certain places or habits or the other things, that the options there. So on-premise mm -hmm. and hospitality is really important to us. Um, and over the next course of the year, we want to work on initiatives to kind of empower and support people mm -hmm. um, in those places right now while Maybe they're not generating revenue or not able to open. Mm -hmm. um, so actively kind of building out programs to kind of support that. So hopefully, you know, this time next year, you know, when you check into a hotel, you will be able to find our products. Perfect. Um, and if you are on um, the West Coast, you can also check on our site and see our store locator and find places around you. Amazing. Amazing. John, I have one more question for you. What five people would you want to have in your quarantine house? Ooh, wow. They can be anything from family members to celebrities to icons. They can be alive. They can be not so alive. <laughs> what five people would you choose for your quarantine house? Huh. Wow. This is like, I think this is going to stump me to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, it can be you know, pets. It can be animals. This is an exciting question and one I like. I wish I had like days to think about. But um, I'll try to do the best I can. Just off, off the, the top off of the my cuff. Head. Um, so, like I mentioned, I have been quarantining um, alone. I'm a, I'm single, and I've kind of been um, spending this time to kind of really get to know myself better. Yes. And there's, I think, what's really amazing about the people you surround yourself with is that they are they end up becoming an extension of yourself and vice versa. But what they really do is they like, you know, fill gaps or interests or things that are exciting. So I think I would fill my house with some people that um, are able to like nurture me and make me a better version of myself, but also filling like, you know, filling holes that I, that I have. Yeah. Um, I really love cooking and mm. I think I would want to have a chef in the house, someone yeah. that could like chef it up. Okay. Um, 
So it might even be like, there's a couple people out there that I just love their cooking. Um, okay. Alex Gornichelli, I don't know if you know who that yes, chef is, of course. but she is one of my top favorites. Okay. Um, I just love her comfort food and the way that she like thinks about food. So maybe I'd love her in the house. Okay. Um, Amazing. I have also been tapping into like a little bit more of like this emo beatnik side of me to some okay. extent, um, exploring like, you know, writings and other things, um, how to express myself. And there is a, um, I guess he's like an author, poet, writer that no longer living, but Charles Bukowski. Are you familiar okay. with him? No. He's uh, absolutely one of my favorite um, writers out of existence. And if I ever go into like heartbreak or if I'm having this issue, I'll like search yeah. like, love Charles Bukowski quotes and then okay. I'm just blown away by this man's genius and Ooh. I think that having someone like kind of emo and like um introverted but also so expressive in the house could be really interesting okay um so we've got a chef that. we've got a got poet Alex, there. Charles. Uh, um I think that I would also really want to be around some people that are um industrious or like really futurist people um and I don't know, like an inventor or creator of some sorts. I don't know exactly mm. who I'd have in the house, but, um, you know, maybe even like a Walt Disney-esque character, Ooh. you know, someone who okay. is super um, childlike, but also like mm. really capable of executing and building and doing some fun things like that. Um, That's a good one. So, you know, I like, like being able to kind of like balance things out a bit um, let me think. I don't know. It's so tricky. You have two more. Um, you I, want any I've got a random, family? I've got a random house. Oh yeah. Well, of course family would be great. I didn't know if this was like family or stuff like that as well. It could be, um, yeah, it could be anyone. It could be literally anyone on the face of the earth or not even on the face of the earth. It could be aliens. It could be literally <laughs> anyone. Um, well, you know, I think the other two would probably be like my dad and brother. It would be okay. great to have them around. Um, unfortunately, my mother did pass away um, many years ago. Um, mm -hmm. So I would love to have her in the home as well. It's actually it's living. So I'd love to be surrounded with family, okay. um, family and friends, if that was an option. I was being a little bit more, um, I guess, like theoretical with it to some extent. <laughs> um, I also, you know, like the idea of being quarantined with a group of people. And then afterwards, like all of our brains together can like have some kind of impact or we could put that thing together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's a great answer, okay. but those are sort of my high level. Good. Those are great. That sounds like a great house. Walt Disney. Like, that would be a really interesting one. I would love I wonder to how people to like that would, would handle situations like this. Um, yeah. I feel like just it would be a walk of, in the park for him. He'd be like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to sit and write. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really inspired by this time. And I'm actually... Mm -hmm. Curious to see the art and the, the movies and the books that will come out of this period. Um, yes. It's a really interesting point in time. And I think that's something that I remember is that this is a stressful time for everyone right now. Mm -hmm. And we have to be pretty forgiving with ourselves um, and make the space for ourselves to kind of, you know, I, I've been trying to do a good job of not overpromising mm -hmm. um, and just being better and not kinder to myself to some yeah. extent. Um, and I think that some people have a better, you know, sort of mechanisms for dealing with that. Me personally, I need my support systems. I need my friends. I need people to kind of mm -hmm. um, 
help shed light sometimes where I'm like in a little bit more of a shade or kind of in my own head to some extent. So yeah, I would think that like ultimately even with my answers before, it's this idea of like family, friends, comfort. It's this idea of being creative um, and kind of thinking through problems and, you know, having that as a, as um, kind of in the toolkit would be really helpful. Great. Sounds good. Tell us uh, where can we find Proposition? Your website, um, Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah, so our Instagram is at proposition.co. Um, .co, and our website is propositioncocktail.com or .co. Um, and yeah, there's pretty much relevant links there as well. Um, I'm John at propositioncocktail.co. So if anyone ever wants to reach out, um, I'm always available and it's, you know, me answering emails. Um, so feel free to drop a line. Always looking to kind of, um, chat with people and collaborate. Um, I think that we're definitely stronger together and this time has proven that for sure. Absolutely. John, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was Lovely to hear your perception and your knowledge and experience. And thank you so much. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. How fantastic and knowledgeable is John? And like we discussed earlier, when you are having a non-alcoholic beverage or alternative, please check your intentions. We love you. We care about you. And we only want the best for you. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. I couldn't do this without you. Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. We love to hear your feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girls Guide and the blog. Head on over to asobergirlsguide.com for tips, tricks, and a whole page full of tools just for you to manage your lovely and unique sobriety journey. Thanks for listening and have a great day.